got this passion for Coming to you from the Power Five, this is the Pegasus Podcast, presented by Night Sports Now, UCF News, Views, and Big 12 Takes. Now, here are your Power Five hosts, Bailey Go Knights Adams and Christian Charge on Simmons. Welcome into episode 146. Be sure you're following us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22, at ByCA Simmons, and at Night Sports Now. It's July 1st. UCF's in the Big 12. You Thoughts? would think that right now I would be in a very good mood, Bailey, because <laughs> it, it, it's something that we've been waiting for, I think, my entire life. I think that's fair. I mean, listen, when I was two, I wasn't like, gosh, I hope UCF goes to the Big 12 one day. But I mean, like, we wanted UCF to go to a power conference, like, as long as I can remember things. And I should be in a very good mood right now. Last night was very fun. Stayed up till the announcement, then I stayed up till one to watch your mark say, welcome guys, stayed up to watch BYU post a graphic that was hilariously not right. It was a lot of fun. Um, I'm really mad because then UCF this morning from their equipment account and their main account, I think posted like, oh, we're in the big 12. Should we like drop that uniform that we like hinted at the other day? And I'm like very excited about that naturally because I love UCF's uniforms and it's pretty rare that we get like uniform drops like this. And I'm so excited. Twitter freaking crashed. And Twitter is still only like sort of loading. I can't get my feed to load at all. And I, so great. So UCF said, do you want a uniform? And Twitter said, what if we just die? So that's awesome. I'm really in a productive mood over that on this fine morning of where UCF just became a power five team, which is something we've dreamed of for many years. It's going to be funny. Like if we go back and listen to this podcast, just like, I don't know, down the line, we're like, oh, like, let's just go see what we said about UCF being in the big 12 officially. And this is what the podcast starts with. I'll be, I mean, that, that this, this is forever the memory for me. Cause honestly, like last night was like them getting in because I stayed like, you know, did you stay up for it? I feel like I texted you at some point. Yeah. I was awake. Yeah. So there you go. But that we're committed. Unlike all the people who went to bed. If you, if you didn't stay up till midnight, you're not a real fan. That's a lie. You're entirely a real <laughs> fan. You know, you're just not as quite as insane as the rest of us, but yeah, UCF is in the big 12. It feels so weird because we've like, obviously basically since, for sure since September of 21 and kind of expecting since like July of 2021, we've known this was coming. And like, so it's not like it's, we've seen schedules. Like we know that UCF is going to play games as a power five team literally next month, but like just seeing it happen was still like such a moment where it's like, wow, they really actually are legitimately a big 12 team. Yeah, it is. It's weird to see. Cause like then, and then obviously there was like been videos, there's been graphics, there's been stuff that's come out, like you said, but like now in the last several I mean, I like last 10 to 10 hours or so we've seen like more content and it's just like, this is all like official, official. Here we are. And yeah. it's actually really, really cool. Like the big 12 tweet about UCF. You got big 12 in the bios. Cincinnati posted some weird photo of a helmet floating in midair, And that somehow signifies big 12, <laughs> but it's just, it's a super exciting time. I, it really, it, and it's like, it's kind of just sort of felt like a celebration. Like lots of people have been sharing on, on social media, like old UCF stories and like photos and stuff. I posted the, Sentinel posted a photo that I quote tweeted that or posted that it was um they found a photo from UCF's first ever home game which I have never seen before and it was really cool to see I didn't even know the Citrus Bowl which was the Tangerine Bowl then didn't even have an upper deck yet at that point which I had no idea yeah but I hadn't seen that and I hadn't I didn't even like recognize the stadium I was like wait a minute what I was huh the craziest yeah. part is how downtown Orlando is nothing there's like one <laughs> building in the distance it's really funny it makes UCF look a lot older than they actually are because you forget that Orlando's kind of done the same thing as UCF where it's really grown up in the last couple decades. I don't know anything about D3 football as a normal person, but I have to imagine that's a pretty solid crowd by D3 standards. 
It looked like it. Yeah, I think so. Good for I, I like that 40 plus years later I can feel pride in UCF's crowd for a game. The announced attendance was 14,000 something. Yeah, see that feels like a, a massive crowd for a D3 game. I don't know. Maybe I could be could be wrong, but I wonder where good. like if I wanted to go to a D3 football game, how would I go about doing that? Like I assume there are ones around here, right? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Should be looking show up. up? I, we're so off the rails. Yes. Okay. Let's look up D3 football programs in Florida. And while we're doing that, I think the other thing is um, we should point out that we're recording this at 10 a.m. on Saturday morning, which is maybe like if, if you my voice sounds a little bit different. I have like my little morning voice thing going on and my allergies and all that fun stuff. But yeah, we're recording a special edition at 10 a.m. on Saturday morning on July 1st. Um, it's a good time. I knew we were in for a banner episode when we log on and Bailey just goes, hey, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. We're ready. Well, then you go. I, I said, "Hey," and then you're like, "I'm so pissed off." I was and really, I was like, I'm really mad about the uniform thing, guys. Like, <laughs> I, 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 like, really unreasonably upset about it. Um, um <laughs> I can't find a D three team in Florida or not any. Is wait is is West Florida D three or D two? They're D two, I think. Are they okay? Um, this is one thing that I seriously don't think we talk about enough with UCF, even though I see it on Twitter every week, and I still think it's not enough. Is like. D3 is nothing like I don't think we truly process how freaking insane it is that UCF went from D3 to power five like that does not make sense in any way shape or form at all like I just I don't think people realize how far down the wrong D3 is sure doesn't um should we get to our five-star review question before we jump into our main celebratory topic yes let's do it okay um we're talking quarterbacks and the question is should UCF be chasing whatever quarterback recruits are left for 2024 why haven't they gone all in for a blue chip? It seems like it's time to stop filling that position through the portal. Um, eh. well, I well, I would just say that I don't know why they would need a quarterback because they have John Rice Plumley, who is a superstar, and they'll they'll never do better than him anyway. So why uh, why bother? Um, so even even when he moves on, like even when he moves on, replacing him can't top that. So might as well just quit. No, it's actually interesting because it it's funny as UCF has upped its recruiting game so much over the last couple of years, which by the way, I think we're supposed to get like a very, very big boom today, which will be very exciting. By the time you're listening to this, it'll probably have happened. Um, we'll see. Um, it's Walt Claire Flynn. I don't know why I'm acting like it's a secret. Like, I feel like that's out there. I, you know, like two, four, seven, even wrote a thing this morning that it sounds like he's coming to UCF would be the highest rated O-line commit in UCF history. And I believe the third highest rated or sixth highest rated commit period ever. So big, big, big deal. But anyway, for as much as they've upped their game in recruiting, they really haven't been in it for any big-time quarterbacks. I think Malachi Singleton was the closest they got. He was a four-star up at Arkansas. And it's a couple things to me, and it's why I've said that I don't really think that UCF needs to go hard for quarterbacks in high school recruiting. Is One, it's, it's a mix of two things. One, it's really hard to land blue-chip quarterbacks. Like as, as much as UCF is succeeding in other positions, those guys are much harder to get because they're all commanding NIL right out of high school, which is not the case for a lot of these other positions. And they all are having interest from big time schools. And the second reason is that, and I know we've talked about this before, is that high school quarterbacks or five-star high school quarterbacks and four-star high school quarterbacks, they have the lowest hit rate of any blue chip position as far as ones who actually go on to be multi-year starters. I think it's something like only half of them. So it's, it's a weird thing where if you're UCF and you're doing well in NIL, but you're still not like you're not Bama. You don't have unlimited money. It's like committing that much of your NIL resources to a player who has such a low chance of panning out just doesn't really make sense for what they're trying to do right now. Yeah. When you say like, why don't they go all in for a blue, a blue chip quarterback? It's like, what does all in mean for UCF as far as like that in, in terms of that? Because them going all in on a blue chip quarterback is not the same as an SEC program going all in on the same blue chip quarterback. So it's like, 
yeah, like you said, it's like, how are you going to allocate your assets the right way? And I think like we've talked about it on the podcast too, where the grabbing a quarterback through the portal, like, I don't think that's the worst thing. Like, I think that's a good, like, I think that can be a good thing. So I do I think I am, that, I think it's a middle ground because I also do think that their high school recruiting isn't going well for quarterback. Like I could be yeah, totally wrong. Cause you just never know, but like Dylan risk and Riley Trujillo, like neither of those, I'll just say it right now, I can't, I don't, I can't envision reality where either of them ever starting in for UCF. Maybe I'll be horribly wrong on one of them next, in the next Mackenzie Milton, but they both felt like really low level takes to me. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know that they necessarily um, will ever start a game, but yeah, it's, I don't know. Cause that's the thing is I, I have had concerns. We've talked about it on the pod a little bit. Like I've had concerns about what the future of the quarterback position looks like. I think we had a whole podcast dedicated to it, but it's like, I don't know that they're really going to get more out of high school recruiting because of the way, like you said, because of the way these quarterbacks are, co- are commanding the NIL money. And it really would just take a like, kind of like what they've been doing. And I don't know like that either of these guys will, maybe they could turn into something special, but it's like finding a gym that isn't really like needing a lot of NIL money out of high school. They find somebody like, we like this kid and he turns into what ends up being a superstar. Because I mean, I, I don't know that they're going to go out and get a four-star quarterback or anything like that. That's my famous last words. Like they probably will now, but it just feels unlikely. But it's funny because it's like, I like the scariest way to look at it is like, you look at next season. I don't believe that UCF starting quarterback for 2024 is on the roster right now because you doubt it. I just, it doesn't feel likely at all. And they, and I don't think that Riley Trujillo or Dylan risk are guys who can come in and do that. So it is like, Oh wow. After this, like as recent as next season, they just don't have anyone there. But at the same time, NIL aside, a lot of quarterbacks enter the portal every off season and UCF is going to be, if they, if they put the word out towards the end of next season that they want a portal quarterback, they're going to immediately jump to near the top of the list. I mean, they're a power five team that has a lot of upside that has a good roster at this point. Yeah. I mean, they'll literally, they'll be one of the top five, top 10 at worst spots available NIL aside. I think the question is, I don't know. And this is what sounds really scary. Like in the modern era with NIL and the portal, I don't know what UCF's path is to getting another Blake Bortles or another Mackenzie Milton or another Dante Culpepper. Like, I don't know how they get a superstar from here. I, I just don't. But you also don't need a superstar to be good. But it is something where it's like, man, the UCF's really every great era they've had has been on the back of a really good quarterback. And I I don't know how they I, I don't know how you go about getting a superstar quarterback in this day and age if you're UCF. Yeah, it's kind of hard to envision, which is, I guess, a little scary. Yeah, because even if you get one through high school, like say say that we are dramatically wrong and it turns out that Riley Trujillo is the greatest quarterback in the history of, I don't know, whatever. He's he's good. Um, then you're going to have to come to a choice because say that he turns out to be awesome and he starts and he's great. He will get NIL offers to go elsewhere. They will be significant, more significant than you'll see at any other position. Then you have to make a call of, are we burning all our NIL resources on this and hurting ourselves in other positions? Are you saying screw it or just letting him go and we'll find some I, it, it quarterback is tough quarterback is definitely really tough in the new era and you've seen that everywhere like basically every school that doesn't have a ton of money who's had a good quarterback has at minimum almost lost that quarterback like even grayson mccall from coastal entered the portal then came back wake forest lost theirs to notre dame I, it, it's michael like, pratt was the same thing right like, michael, michael pratt, pratt got a ton of offers to go elsewhere yeah and he chose to and that's one thing too is like it, i don't know it depends like i think for a lot of players and i think you know, we've heard stuff that it kind of happened with UCF this year, not a quarterback. I, I did not think we were going to spend this long on this question, by the way. I love the Big 12 podcast. It's now just Neither breaking down. This is what I do, guys. I just get interested in a topic and then the podcast changes right before our eyes. But the thing is, like, I feel like we act like every player just as soon as they're good. They're like, great, I'm good now. I would like to go somewhere else for more money. And like most guys, especially when they're in a situation where they're happy and succeeding, 
they don't want to go somewhere else. And a lot of times, and like I said, we know this has happened with UCF, like as recently as this offseason. a lot of times it's like, can you just get me closer to what this other team is offering? Like, can you get me enough to justify not leaving my good situation and going to another situation? I think UCF's NIL is at the stage where they can do that at least. So I don't know. I maybe eventually, maybe I'm being doom and gloom and they can land another superstar quarterback, but I don't know. It's a lot tougher in this era than it was five years ago. Yeah, we'll see. Um, there are 18 states that don't have a Division three pro- football program, and Florida is one of them. So I love that I checked the end. I literally scrolled through the list. It was list of D3 college football programs. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't and organized got, by state, so just kind of had to scroll through it. Nothing. I did the same thing, and then the first little like sub note is 18 states, and then it lists all of them do not currently have D3 programs. So fun. I was going to make a got joke an answer. for whichever one we found that I'm like, keep an eye on them, because in 40 years, they're going to be an ACC team, and there isn't even one. So that's it. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, um, we can now move on to back to the Big 12 stuff. Um, 12 reasons or 12 things we're looking forward to in the Big 12. I love how I butchered the title of our podcast. The 12 things we're looking forward to in the Big 12. We'll start it off. Number one, money. Money. Having having money is nice. This is what's dumb about college football is the number one thing on our list is money. Like, it's so stupid. It's like, yeah, we're going to, the athletic department's going to be richer. But no, seriously, we've talked about this for a billion years. That's been the big thing that people have used against UCF and that has held UCF back is that UCF was getting, in the last couple of years, $8 million from the AAC. But before that, it was more like $5 million. Now, within a few years, they're going to be getting $50 million a year when you add on playoff revenue and NCAA tournament revenue and all that. And it's finally, they're going to have more money than FSU in Miami. From TV revenue to the point that FSU's athletic director went on the record and said, like, we're considering trying to leave our conference because we don't like that UCF is going to have more money than us. Money. We love it. It's huge. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it just opens up. Because then we've had, like, the the things on the podcast where, like, why has it become a thing where it's like, well, my, my school makes more money than yours. And it's not even really that. It's just, like, everything that this money is going to be, like, allow UCF to do. It's going to all be, like, really well, cool. And when we've talked about on the podcast before, it's more like when you see teams that already have a lot of money, like sort of killing their programs to get a little bit more. Like we've talked about, like Texas is going to absolutely not have a good time in the SEC because they're already not having a good time in the Big 12. They're going to have more money, but like not like a lot more because they were already Texas. They already made a ton of money and fans will come back. I, I think my one of my favorite examples is Missouri because Missouri fans, when people are like, oh, they're like, well, we, you know whenever someone mentions Missouri being bad in the SEC, they're like, we're laughing to the bank. It's like, your program is completely irrelevant. Like, and it's not even like you went from nothing to a huge sum. You just went from a lot of money to a lot more money and you're not good anymore. So what's it matter when you're UCF and the gap is so wide, like it's not going from 35 million to 50, it's going from 8 million to 50 million. It's like, okay, yeah. that is going to revital. That is going to completely change your program or what you're capable of across a lot of sports. But it's the teams that are already rich and try to get richer and are willing to kill their programs to do so. That's what I just can't stand in college football. Cough, it's USC, also, cough UCLA. It's also the arguments, like the Twitter arguments where it's like, your team sucks, but they're like, oh, like, well, we have all this money. Yeah. Like, okay. That's like, been well, used well, against well, UCF. We're good. Well, we're good at football. So like we literally when UCF is on the 25 game win streak, like they'd they'd beat like Pitt or whoever, and fans would be like, We're well, whatever. It's like we're, we our facility's nicer. It's like great, man. Like that's so cool for you. I love that you have waterfalls in your facility. I do like a waterfall. Um, I like a lazy river. <laughs> UCF doesn't. Um <laughs> number two is being in a conference entirely made up of passionate fan bases. This that's is gonna a be big new. one. This is because it's a be big change from where they are right now. Yeah, no, it's it's gonna be interesting because when you look at, I don't know, I don't want to just destroy other fan bases, but good, but like the, a lot of the AAC programs just didn't have big Bailey. followings. Bailey. It's like, 
What? This is now a power five podcast. No, I'm not what doing is that. this for not if not that. trashing group of five fan bases and teams? Not doing it. Um, but it's just it's just gonna be different in terms of atmosphere, in terms of like actual interest. Cause I don't know, if when like when UCF would play, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a good example. I always Tulsa always comes to mind, but Tulsa always beats UCF, so I don't want to like talk about Tulsa. Temple. But like yeah, Temple. When they play Temple, it's like there is nothing. And this is just like a Twitter thing, but there's no like engagement. There's no interaction with Temple fans. I cannot think of a time that's become a thing. And it's just like when you when you go up and you play at Temple, there's no one in the stadium. Like there's no there's no discernible atmosphere. We don't have we don't have a lot of Temple fans traveling down to UCF. It's gonna be completely different when they, now UCF's in the Big Twelve. They had none of that in the AAC. I mean, it was literally UCF had UCF obviously has a really strong fan base. Cincinnati had a really strong fan base and then there was a pretty big drop and then you had like Memphis and USF and then no one else really had anything I like literally it was just I just don't think UCF fans like that's going to be such a shock for the fan base is just to realize like you are now in a conference minus Houston where every every team has a huge fan base that is everywhere and they care a lot about everything like that that and that's just gonna be such a departure because it's like you said it's I mean UCF's time in the AAC our home games were incredible. You could do cool things like go to Cincinnati or whatever. Largely, the road games were playing in empty stadiums. Largely, the away section at the bounce house was filled with UCF fans because the tickets just got given back to the school. It's, and now you're in this you're in this league where, and I think what's interesting too is it's not even really like there there are tiers. Like all of these fan bases are very similar in passion and very similar in size. And I think that's just going to make like the week to week of being in this conference so much more fun than it's been in the AAC. Yeah, I absolutely think that'll be the case. Um, and the Mount leads perfectly into our number three, number three thing we're looking forward to in the Big Twelve, which is more big games. It's we just, love it. Yeah, the atmosphere itself is going to be so crazy. We've we've already seen. We'll talk about it a little bit more in the football news. We've already seen three of UCS home games sell out, and it's July. And actually, that all happened in June, so it wasn't even July yet. Um, and it's just different. Like it's, I'm trying to think, trying to look down on the list if we end up talking about this other thing, but the the fact that, you know, you go into, you know, you go into the conference season and it's not like, all right, well, our first three conference games are, you know, Temple, Navy, and I don't know, Memphis. Like Memphis is the biggest one. Like you mentioned to me, like every, almost every game on UCF schedule this year in non-conference would have been their biggest game dating back to however many years. So the way I, I look at this, which is what's going to change so much is, so UCF last year played two top 20, I'm talking about ranked at time of matchups, since we're talking about like big games in the moment. They played two top 25 teams in the regular season, Cincinnati and Tulane, who I believe Tulane was 17th and Cincy was 20th at the time. In 2021, they played one, it was against Cincy. That's pretty much the bar. Look, can I read you TCU, TCU's conference slate from last year? Let's hear it. Uh, number 18, Oklahoma, at number 19, Kansas, number eight, Oklahoma State, Number 17, Kansas State, at West Virginia, Texas Tech, at number 18, Texas, at Baylor, Iowa State. They got into no, they got into the last week of October before they played a conference game that was not against a ranked team. Yeah. That's gonna That's... be so different. Like I, I just it's 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 just gonna make every game feel so much bigger and more important. You know, it's just the level of it's just it's gonna be very exciting. Yeah, and it's just because and, and this is something that we'll we'll talk about a little bit further in a little bit, but it also just makes everyone care more. Like, yeah. there, I don't know if like, and I, I might be speaking out of turn, but there might've been some UCF fans in the past that were like, Oh, I'm not going to go to that home game. It was, it's against temple or like, like, Oh, it's like, there's people, there's people who have never even heard of, like, if you're a casual, if you're a casual fan, 
some of these teams that UCF was playing, people have never even heard of. And so, and, and you can confirm that with numbers because I looked it up, and UCF has UCF has hosted eleven games against Power Five teams at the Bounce House, and one of those had a bad crowd. It was Missouri for some reason, which I believe in like two thousand eleven, I think, or two thousand nine, yeah, something right. like that, which had thirty six thousand. Every other game was like mid to high forties. So I just think that it, it it's like because we talk about like obviously if you're listening to this podcast, you're a diehard UCF fan. A lot of social media is diehard UCF fan. We've talked about before that who fills the stadium is still a lot of casual fans, people who go to UCF or went to UCF and are like, oh, I like my football team, whatever. And then they see like, oh, we're playing Baylor this week. Or, oh, oh hey, number 14 Oklahoma State is coming in. And that's how you get from a crowd of 38,000 to a crowd of 45,000 is having that extra layer of hype. And that just, it, 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 UCF accomplished a lot at the group of five, but it that level of hype just doesn't really exist at the G5 level. Like even in UCF's best seasons, it was largely, you'd have some non-conference game you were excited about. There would be the one or two conference teams that are good. And then it would just kind of be a slate of games you don't really care about. Tulane most years, UConn, Temple, East Carolina, all the, I know East Carolina just beat UCF. I'm not saying UCF wins all those games, they lose yeah. some of them. But as far as hype, it just wasn't there on a week-to-week basis. And there was nothing UCF could ever do about that because it's just, that's the conference you're in. Right, right. And it was it was a weird thing where it was like you would have, every once in a while, you'd have a big top 25 game. You'd have a big game against, whether you're both top 25 or like you have a top 25 opponent. Like it was, it was a rare thing, like every once in a while for UCF. And now it's going to be a pretty frequent thing. I, when we were talking about this before the podcast, ironically, I think that might be like not the case as much this year. Like, I don't, I don't think there are going to be a ton of ranked games on this schedule. I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me. We, I mean, we, we'll we wouldn't know now, but looking at some of them, like, I don't know, but. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is like you could have two this year and already be like, all right, this, these games feel bigger. I think that why do you, why even, do you think they're not gonna have ranked opponents on the schedule? I don't know. Just who do you think? I'm not gonna say like they're not going to at all, but I don't know. Just some of the some of the Kansas State will be, be ranked good. for that. Kansas game. State will be ranked. Baylor's got a shot. Oklahoma's got a shot. Cincinnati probably not. Oklahoma State's State, got a shot. Texas Tech absolutely will be. Kansas State and Oklahoma are the two that I'm like, those are probably going to be ranked games. Maybe thing, Texas Tech by the The end, thing but... you have to understand, because this, see, this is AAC thinking, and we have to get out of this, is that you are thinking of the AAC, where we look and say, oh, Cincinnati is going to be good this year, so they'll be ranked. We're in the Power Five now. Kansas will win a game by 30 and be 22 next week. Like, that. that's just, that's, that, you know, it's like in the preseason, there will be one or two, and then they'll, uh, games will happen, and then randomly you're going to have half the league ranked at one point. That's just kind of, Power Five teams, the bar to getting in the top 25 is so low. Like, it's really just like, put oh. put that on the list. We actually should have just way easier to get ranked. That yeah. actually absolutely I mean, should have been on the list. Probably not this year because like it's UCF's new to it, but like UCF starts three and zero next year. Like oh UCF's number twenty four because they're three and zero. I'll make all you these teams that are. I'll say something right now. If they start three and zero this year and the win against Boise is convincing, I bet they'll be ranked. You think so? I do because I'm gonna be getting votes maybe, but I don't know. It, well, if it's like a tight game with Boise, no, but I just feel like it's like I, people aren't ready for how different it is to be a P5 team, just the level of respect that built in comes with that. And I especially think since they'll be going up against Kansas State the week after, who's probably the picked maybe the second team to win the Big 12 this year or close to the top. And they have an easy slate. Like if it's 3-0 versus 3-0, voters are going to be like, ooh, and, th- and that'll suddenly be a ranked matchup. Do you think it'll be that quick? Like, do you think voters, because I can see voters who are you know, college football old heads being like, oh, UCF, like, yeah, they're in the Big 12 now, but like, they're not really. Maybe. I don't know. I honestly don't know. I think if like, if they beat Boise, like if the final score of the Boise game is like 38 to 14 or something, I could see it. Now, if they like play a really tight game with Boise or like lose to Boise, then yeah, it's like ah, G5 UCF, but which they could totally happen. I'm not saying I pro- I'm projecting them to beat Boise yeah. with ease, but it wouldn't surprise me. It really would. Yeah. 
Um, the next thing is on the kind of on the back of more big games, non UCF conference games that are actually big. Like this is probably one if you're like a diehard college football fan. Like we would watch AAC games anyway, just because it's college football. But like when you think about like okay, UCF's like UCF played on Thursday. Like what games are this on Saturday? Rather than like oh Tulane and Temple are playing. Like oh that's that's a game that like applies to UCF in terms of conference standings. We now have Oklahoma State and Baylor, or like Kansas State and TCU, like stuff like that, where it's like these these are big games that matter to more people than just like me and you who are sickos who would just watch AAC football whenever it was on. That's the thing. Like when I wanted to watch games when UCF, whether they played on a Friday or their game was done, whatever, and I wanted to watch games that pertain to UCF, like, oh, it's important that South Florida loses this game because that puts us in control of this or whatever. It's like I would be like, let me go over to ESPN Plus. Or right. CBS Sports Network. And now it's like, oh, okay, we just beat Baylor. That's huge. We're now one and one in Big 12 play. Let's go see what this other team's going to do on Fox or on Fox Sports 1 or on ESPN or on ESPN 2 or on ABC. And and I also think that's a very not just P5 thing, but specific to the Big 12 thing because we've talked about it a million times. And like the expectation for this league is like everyone is going to be really tight together in most years. I, and I think they're, it's like they're going to be like on a given Saturday, like four or five league games that are going to directly impact UCF because of how close all these teams are. And that's exciting. I, it's going to just make every week so stressful. Yeah, <laughs> that is, that's the other byproduct is that everything will be a lot scarier, but it'll be fun. That's, that's what college football is for is stress and not being able to breathe. That is what college football is for. I was telling, I was talking with my dad last night about, I've talked about in front of the podcast that my dad went to UCF before I did. I'm a second generation night. So it was, you know, big night for the family. And one-time guest, Roger Simmons, a guest. One-time on guest. Podcast. We did. We had him tell old UCF stories, some of which were really funny, by the way, on um a way back in the day podcast that few of you probably listened to because that was like one of our first podcasts. But go back and let's do it. It was good. Um, But we were talking last night about UCF and stuff. And I was we were talking about we got on the topic of the uh, Cincinnati game from this past year. And I was telling him how in the press box when Cincinnati scored that touchdown to take the lead late in the game, my entire left arm like went numb in the press box. And I like was a little freaked out. Like literally I was just like clenching and my arm went numb. And he was like, it's great that you like care about UCF so much, but like that might be like too much. Like maybe you should just like not. And I was like, that's not possible. Like I'm I'm having physiological reactions to the stress from these games. Like maybe the Big 12 will kill me. Who knows? But I'm I'm excited yeah. for the ride. It's funny that you say that because my dad and I had a conversation recently about like how I get when my teams lose. And I was like, well, sorry, I care. Like it was just <laughs> like one of those things where it was like, yeah, it does ruin my entire day if my team loses. But hey. I just care that much. But that's what being a fan is. It's not like I made the decision. It's not like I was like, I, I'm just going to really care about this. It's like, I just right. do. Like, I, I would I like to, to I would like to not be like really annoyed and like irritable when my teams lose. I don't do that on purpose. It's just like, that's how it affects me. And we kind of went through that in college because like not everyone in our friend group like cared about UCF to the level that we did. Like everyone was fans, but not like to the point that like their weekend was ruined if UCF lost a game. It'd always be like like the game ends and someone's like, ah, oh, you want to go get food? And I'm like, I'm going to go home and cry. Like that that's what I want to do. Like, why would you expect me to want to do plans right now? Like, it's just, it's just different levels. Well, we didn't have a lot of that, thankfully, when we were students because they didn't lose a lot of games when we were students. Yeah, I always forget you and me weren't friends in 2016. <laughs> it was a yeah, I didn't really time. know you. 2016 yeah. didn't really. We met We met one time in 2016, very briefly. Like toward the end of the year. Right? It, was, it, was, it might have been like 2017, like spring of 2017. And I thought you were like a jackass when I met you for that very brief interaction. Because I, I don't know if I've said that, but it was we met through like a mutual. This was we were still you were a freshman, I guess. And I was a sophomore yeah. at UCF. And we met like outside the journalism building because we had like a mutual friend. I don't know if I'd call him your friend. There was a person I was friends with that Bailey knew who um who like introduced us and he was like oh and this is bailey and 
he's amazing, man. Like he's going to be like the star of this program. Like you have no idea. And like Bailey's just kind of like smugly, like smiling. And I'm like, this guy seems like a lot, but okay, whatever. And now that I know Bailey better, I understand that he was like cringing in embarrassment of why this man would not shut up about this. And it's just like in hindsight, that's very funny. Definitely wasn't a smug smile. It was an awkward smile. Like, please stop complimenting me. Like, just please shut up. This is terrible. (laughs) Yeah, this is awful. But yeah, that was fun. Um, all right. This is like in these last two. So the more big games and the non UCF games that are gonna be big feeds really well into number five being a bigger part of the national conversation. Just think college game day and how much they talk about big 12 matchups. And just when, when UCF was, that was ever talked about on college game day, it felt like a big deal. They're like, Oh wow. Like they're talking about our game. That's going to be like happening a lot more now because these are bigger games and these are games that have more of an impact on the overall college football world, which is nice. This one, more than anything on this list, is the one that I don't think the average fan is ready for, or just the fan base is ready for, of how different this is going to be. Because when you're talking about college game day, when you're talking about college football podcasts, when you're talking about college football radio, TV shows, articles, all of that, power five teams, even not great power five teams, they just come up in conversation all the time because of the teams they're playing. They're on the schedule of whatever teams are good. They're in these leagues that matter that are going to compete for playoff spots. They come up all the time. And if you're a decent to good power five team, which is what I think UCF can be this year. I think they can win six or seven, maybe even eight games that you're, you're just going to be part of the freaking conversation on a week to week basis. If you're a group of five team, you need to basically be undefeated to get mentioned. Like even when UCF was in the midst of their 25 game win streak, like late into 2017, they just weren't really being talked about. Like, it's just going to be such a difference. And that's going to do so much for the brand. That's going to do so much for exposure for people just be hearing about UCF and UCF in this game or playing this opponent every week. It's just like, they finally get to be part of that club. And it's not fair. They weren't part of it before. It's not fair. Group of five teams don't get talked about, but they just don't the way uh, power five teams do in any capacity. Yeah. And what's like interesting about this too, is say there's a season like, and I know Mackenzie Milton finished probably, was he sixth, I think in Heisman voting? Six, at his six peak. with his peak. Yeah. But 2018. If, if UCF has a superstar like that, who's having a really, really big season at the power five level in the big 12, they're going to get serious Heisman consideration. Like, Mackenzie Milton, yes, he was sixth, but I don't think you would call it serious Heisman consideration at any point. Oh, like, no, he, he was, was never. He just finished He just finished sixth in the voting because people were like, oh, yeah, like he had a really good season. But it's like, if there, there will be Heisman hype for any superstars that UCF happens to have um, I, I because, put, because they're in the Big 12. I can put this in perspective right now is that Mackenzie Milton's best season was 2017, which is when he put up like 40 plus total touchdowns and was just unstoppable and insane. And he finished eighth in Heisman voting that year. That year, he was never in the conversation. UCF kicked off a Heisman campaign for him in 2018. Once everyone was aware of him and knew who he was, and UCF was still very good, they went through that win streak in one of those games. And he still he wasn't he wasn't ever in the conversation of like getting to New York and any or anything. And then you look at the Big Twelve this year. Twelve months ago, right now, none of us none of us had ever heard of Max Duggan. No idea who he is. And then in the Big Twelve, he threw 32 touchdowns, which is good, and he went to New York and was a Heisman finalist like that. That's, that's yeah. the difference in exposure. John Rice Pumley Heisman, Heisman candidate, 2023. Sure. RJ, I'm, I'm going with RJ Harvey. They'll, they'll be like, let's get a, let's get a running back in there. Running backs don't win the Heisman anymore. John Walker, Heisman finalist, 2023. <laughs> <laughs> Nikai Martinez. Is we played a game favorite. the other day where Bailey tried to see how many Heismans in a row I could name in reverse without looking up. And I got all the way back to 2009 and I'm really proud of that. So just throwing that out there for the general audience, which to the older audience, <laughs> they're probably like, wow, 2009. Cool. But to the younger audience, it's cool. So. Sure is. Um, we're now getting to the halfway point of this list. 
And it's, again, something that we kind of just talked about is having a chance to earn the respect that UCF didn't have at the group of five level because there yeah. was always a ceiling. There was always going to be a ceiling. And it was like, oh, yeah, like they had a really good season, but like who do they really play? Like it's it's always was always that conversation. And, and this can, to me is the discounting, you know, it's like the other yeah. it's it's whenever UCF would win anything, you would like go on social media or even go read an article from ESPN or The Athletic or whoever. And it would be like, well, yeah, they they have they, they have a really good record, but they play nobody. They're in a bad conference. They're in a bad league. It's a cupcake schedule, blah, 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 blah. And like that is just for a lot of casual fans, it's automatically like, yeah, I don't consider UCF because they don't play anybody. And there will always be levels to this. Like UCF could win the Big 12 this year and Florida fans would be like, we would be undefeated in the Big 12 too. Yeah. It doesn't have nearly the impact it does when those wins are coming against Temple and Tulane and East Carolina and whoever when they're coming against Baylor and Oklahoma State and Texas Tech. I, it's just it's such a higher level of respect they can earn for themselves. Yeah, I mean, you have you have people and oh, let's just face it, they're, they're, they're idiots. They're the ones that are <laughs> like already trying to set the groundwork for that. We're like, oh, the Big 12 is just like a glorified G5 league. Like it's not really like a, it's not really power five. Well, first of all, it is. And second of all, it's that's not going to fly like it's not it's not going to work. That that whole argument is not going to work to anyone who knows how anything works. But also even the people saying that, like, that's not near, like two months after the Big 12 collapsed. I was like, I don't know, or not didn't collapse when people thought it was going to collapse in Texas and Oklahoma left. I was like, I don't know what this conference is going to be considered. I know it's going to be a lot more money than we make now, but it's power five is still a term. A, a vast majority of media and fans and everyone are still think of this as a power conference. That's a pretty small minority. And it seems to largely be like Texas and Oklahoma fans who were like, this is a G5 league. But Wherever you are, there will be that. Like Florida State went 10 and 3 this last year, and Florida fans who couldn't even beat Vanderbilt were like, that's because you play in the trash ACC and blah, blah, blah. It's like, even when Florida goes, like literally last time Florida was good, I remember people were like, well, they're in the SEC East. If they're in the SEC, it's like wherever you play, someone will discount. But the discounting out of hand is what's going to be gone. Like there are, there are a huge chunk of college football fans who automatically say UCF or Cincinnati, whoever, if they didn't play anybody, no, and move on. And now at least you're in the group of they're having to reach to explain why your exactly. schedule doesn't count or whatever. Yeah. So that'll be, that'll be nice to have. Um, number seven is something we're already seeing benefits from and that's leveling up and recruiting because UCF has been recruiting like crazy. Yeah, they haven't man. even played They haven't even played a power five football game yet. That has happened so much faster. God, every time you, I'm, I just, I've been refreshing Twitter this whole time. And every time a new UCF notification pops up, I think it's the uniforms and instead it's just them retweeting people. Um, and my Twitter feed still won't work. So that's great. I'm handling it really well though. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really angry. Um, what are we talking about? Which one are we on? leveling up and recruiting? Sure. Um, I would like to see Twitter level up its freaking servers so I could see my uniform, but that's fine. Um, but yeah, no, my I, uniform, my uniform. This is, is that what, what I just, just said? Yeah, is that you, what I just so said? So I can see my uniform. I, ha I have problems. <laughs> I, I really do. I, that's not great that I said that, but oh, anyway, gosh. Um, where are my uniforms? <laughs> Good Lord, Christian. Um, oh but anyway, what were we talking about recruiting? God, recruiting. I can't, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I mean, recruiting, we've talked about I, you. You were right on this a long time ago, and I feel like I need to walk back my Thank take you. because we <laughs> did. And it's not often I admit that I'm wrong about something because I rarely, if ever, am. But um, <laughs> uh, we did a podcast, I think it was last offseason, where we talked about thing where UCF will be in five years and you were way higher on their recruiting than I was. You were like, I think they could even sign a five-star. I think they'll get all these players. And I was like, Bailey, you fool. They will not <laughs> because that's not the way things work. And because NIL, blah, blah, blah. UCF's recruiting is absurd right now. I mean, they landed three top 300 players last year, three top 300 players last year. They already have one committed for this year in Stacey Gage. They're about to get another one later today. We think in Walt Claire Flynn, who that one's especially exciting because it's a top 300 O lineman. 
Like, sign me the hell up for that. And there are a bunch more guys they're in it for right now. They're really in it for Kylan Fox, the top 300 tight end. They're really in it for all the, I'm blanking now, but there's like a bunch more. Quay Birdsong, who's not a top 300 player, but is a four-star. They're in it for Tavion Galloway, who's another tight end. It's like, it's, it's insane. These guys that not only are they in it for, because it's one thing to be like, oh, we're being listed in top fives. It's like, they're landing these guys. They're landing blue chippers like every class now and at a high rate. And they're on campus all the time. Like they're having these big, these big events and like bounce house weekends, all that stuff. They're getting these big time, big time recruits on campus, which we didn't even see that before. And so they're getting them on campus and they're getting a lot of them to commit and at least just give heavy, heavy consideration. And that's like, we're still in the off season leading up to them joining the big 12. Like they're in the big 12 now, but they're like, I wonder what it's gonna look like next off season. Like, I'm really, really curious. Because I, I mean, it, we're already so ahead of schedule for what I was expecting. Yeah. Eddie Pierre Louise, he's another one I forgot. He's another, yeah. another lineman who's a top 300 player. I'm just trying to remember. If they're, we can get... This is what I'm saying. They're in it for so many four stars. I can't even keep track. Like that. That's where we're at. And they haven't even played a Big 12 game yet. If UCF can get two top 300 lines, we we had that question a couple weeks ago. I think on the podcast where it was like they need to like get these higher end offensive yep. linemen. And hey, there you go. Whoever I forget who asked that question, but. You're going to be pretty happy pretty soon, I think. And D-line's going well, too, if John Walker last year. It's like, if you can, if, like, that's where I want to see them level up, is on the offensive and defensive line. Like, you do that, you can put out, like, players who suck at all the other positions, and you'll still win (laughs) six games. Like, I, it's, it's, that's what's so exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Number eight is an interesting one, because there's at least one bowl game that is the same, but they have better bowl games that are, that are, they're in play for. Um, And I think we all know which one I'm talking about that is now, crossed over into the Big 12 with UCF, and that is the Independence Bowl. The Independence Shreveport, Bowl Louisiana. followed UCF to the Big 12. I love it It's so It's destiny, much. I think, unfortunately. Uh, I, think it it's, is. I think it's, yeah, it's unfortunate. <laughs> we have to go if they go to the Independence Bowl, but they also, even better, they have the Pop-Tart Bowl in Orlando against yes. an ACC team, which is also very exciting. I, like, <laughs> this sounds so dumb. Within reason, that's my dream season for UCF. The Pop-Tart Bowl. I'm kind of with you. Like, yeah, like, yeah, of course, I would love for them to win 10 games and do like make even more noise than that. But if they can get to the Pop-Tart Bowl and play an ACC opponent in Orlando, like that would be a fantastic way to end the first season in the Big 12. That would be I'm I'm very here for that. Um, So let me give you a stat. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to ask you. Go ahead and give me the stat. I was going to look something up. So eight Big 12 teams of the 10 Big 12 teams last year went to a bowl game and seven of them played power five teams in their bowl games. Kansas got to play Arkansas. Uh, Oklahoma State got to play Wisconsin. Texas Tech uh, got to play Ole Miss. Like the only one who didn't was Baylor who played Air Force in the Armed Forces Bowl. But like that's the difference is they just finally have access to this higher tier of bowl games. Like UCF's like 2021 was a fluke and was really cool but the vast majority of the time like when UCS made it to a bowl game it's like congratulations here is either a group of five team that you don't care about playing because it's not one with a fan base or one you have any history with or it's a very low level power five team and I understand wow does that make me sound bad right now given that UCF literally just (laughs) played and lost to Duke in their most recent bowl but again I will say that while UCF lost and did deserve to lose because wow what a bad performance they played that game in front of literally 3,000 people and no one cared about it and I'm not saying they're going to bowls where there's going to be 60,000 in attendance but you look at every bowl game a Big 12 team played in last year, and it's all really cool opponents, really big brands, and it's just furthering that idea of being a bigger part of the college football conversation. I have a list here if you want me to go through some of them. Sure. Um, the Independence Bowl in Shreveport, it's Big 12 versus Pac-12. The Armed Forces Bowl is in Fort Worth, Texas. It's Big 12 versus the AAC slash Conference USA, so we'll see 
about that one. Um, Matt, that's not that's how, how it's like Wake Forest or uh, Sam Houston State, one of the two. Did Same I say thing. ACC? I meant AAC. Oh, okay. AAC or C. That makes more sense. I'm yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Um, the first responder bowl, Big Twelve versus the AAC, the ACC, or the CUSA. So there you go. The one that you just got, like you thought there I just go. said is basically that one. Um, the guaranteed rate bowl is Big Twelve versus Big Ten in Phoenix. Um, the Tax Act Texas Bowl is in Houston, and it's Big Twelve versus SEC. Pop Tarts Bowl is Big Twelve versus ACC in Orlando. The Alamo Bowl is in San Antonio, and that's Big Twelve and Pac Twelve. The Liberty Bowl is still around, but that's Big Twelve SEC. Um, yeah, and then you got all the college football playoffs, but exciting. Um, it's very it exciting. A, a long way from like I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to trash other bowl games. Never mind. It's a long way from some of the other bowl games that the AAC is tied. I to. know what bowl you were gonna say. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm gonna talk about it later, so I don't want to. Okay. Trash it. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. You guys know what I'm talking about, though. Um. But yeah, it's just it's exciting. It's I exciting can't believe because... that you would trash UCF helping Orange County get all these people to at visit Florida, and blah 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 blah. At Mayor Buddy Dyer at. Just all these other. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just consider yourself lucky. Like I'm not even going to explain it. Just <laughs> you're lucky that you don't know what we're talking about. Um, from football to the other sports, higher ceilings for the non-football sports. This is because, a huge one to me. Yeah, it is because you can go and this is probably like, I don't know. It's it's weird to say like, oh, now you can have like worse seasons and get into the postseason. But that's what it is. Like you can have a worse record. Like there's, you had to be like not I'm saying near perfect. But like you had to be so so good. To be, to be an at-large program or an at-large bid in any any tournament if you're in the group of five level. Like if you're if you're UCF softball and you don't win the AAC last year, um, you have to be – wait, did they win the AAC last year? I'm getting confused now. They did win the AAC last year. Yeah. Um, but if you don't win the AAC, like you have to be 40 and 18 to be considered as an at-large. Like you can't – you can't just – get by like and then there's things be... like softball last year you win the aac you're still not even sort of in it to host a regional yeah yeah and that's the thing is like it, it everything levels up a little bit more it's like you can you can get an at-large with a solid season and then when you have a really really good season you're going to be in the hosting conversation and when you have a really really good season you're going to be in the conversation to host a super regional i know this is all very much geared towards softball and baseball but that that's just the case like all across the non-football sports is like the this league has so many more bids just because of its status. And it felt like a lot, like a lot of UCF's non-football teams over the last few years were getting very, very good, especially for the level they were at, and then kind of hitting the ceiling that was sort of imposed on them. We talk about softball as good as softball was two years ago when they got to host a regional. They still, with where they were ranked, they had to then go do Oklahoma for super regional. And it's like, here's the end of your season. Women's basketball that year, for as amazing as they were, it was still, you get UConn in the second round, and yeah. you're done. And volleyball, how many years in a row did volleyball sweep through the AAC just to not really be able to do anything in the tournament, you know? And it's like... Because they'd get UCLA, or they'd get, like, exactly. somebody like that. Yeah. Exactly. And it's like, that's what's finally going away, is now it's not... Because UCF had to fight through, A, have it being able to get into the postseason, which is tougher when you're a G5 or a mid-major for the non-sports, since G5 isn't really a thing. And on top of that, if you do get in, they are matching you up with the very best team in that tournament, and you're done. And now they're moving to this era where not only are they going to get more favorable matchups and be more easily able to get into the postseason, they're going to be able to get even better players than they are now. They're going to have more money than they do now for recruiting, for facilities, for NIL, for all that great stuff. And it's just, it's the perfect timing because so many of these programs were already like sort of smack it up i'm raising my hand and hitting a, an imaginary ceiling as if this is a video which it is not but <laughs> sort of smacking up against that upper ceiling and now it's like yeah. the ceiling just got raised so much in this new conference and all those teams can accomplish really cool things 
Yeah, that like tournament pairing thing we that you just mentioned is something I remember talking about with Eric Lopez on Twitter a while back. Was like, is this something that's going to change when they get into the Big Twelve? And I think it really is. Like they're they're going to get to the point where yeah, cool, they won the first round, and now they have to go play these this top level like this biggest brand in the sport. Like that's not going to happen as much anymore. We hope. I don't think it will. Like that's the thing. It's I, like, don't, it, I mean, it shouldn't. might happen like once in a. But it, like yeah. the thing is, like now, if UCF softball is in a situation where it's like, well, you got matched up with Oklahoma, it's because they finished like fifth in right. the Big Twelve, and not because they were amazing and won all these games and won their league. Right, and even like another another softball example is like, yeah, if they they didn't host this past year, so it's like, oh, you get to go play Florida State, who's won fifty games. Like, congrats, especially especially in that, like it's. It's a thing too, where like if baseball gets back to the point where they're making the postseason, it was the AAC era. And like, oh, you're going to play Florida State, you're going to play Florida in the regional or Miami or whatever. And it might be a, a case now where they do, they have a chance to go beyond the first round, beyond the second round, because they aren't just being automatically paired with this top team. So exactly. that'll be nice. That'll be nice. Um, number ten is a fun one: space games against Power Five teams. I love this one because it's one that I didn't even really think about. I actually think about it because you um you noted that when they announced the Oklahoma State sellout game on Twitter yesterday, they announced it with three, two, one. Oklahoma State game is sold out. Yeah, because they were like, oh, this is the third one that's sold out. But it was just a weird way of saying. I don't know. Yeah, so, I don't know. But it eyeball is eyeball emoji, eyeball emoji. Happy July. That that was great, man. That sounded like an AI. Thanks. Um, but it that is gonna be like such a huge like I don't know, it's just I guess not like a huge, like this is kind of a minor one, but I just hadn't really thought about this way. Like UCF space games, can I remember them all in order? Let's see. 2017 was against East Carolina, who was really bad. 2018 was against Temple, who was like eight and five that year, and Temple scored a billion points and pissed me off. 19 was Houston, and Houston was really bad. Uh 20 was Tulane. Tulane was whatever. 2021 was Memphis when Memphis was pretty bad. And 2022, which is this past year, was Temple again. And Temple was really bad. And now it's like, and I know that part of that is intentional. Like I understand that UCF places the space game at a point because it's great for hype where it's like, it's never like a horrible team, but like a team they feel confident they're going to beat. And now like, what what's the version of that? Like the worst they can pick is Kansas or Houston. Like I, it, it's really just yeah. that those games and those games are also just going to get even more attention than they do now. Like, as fun, like think of how much hype the space game currently gets on social media and everything else when it is against a very bad Temple team. Now imagine it being against a Baylor or a yeah. Texas Tech or a Kansas State. Like it's just it, it's going to be freaking cool. It's going to be cool to see just even see photos of UCF in its really awesome space uniforms against a Power Five team. You know? Yeah, it's like I, I don't know why, and I just well, I guess I know why because it was the three, two, one tease. But like I just pictured. UCF in space uniforms, and then like across the field, you see Oklahoma State. Like you just see their their yeah, orange, like right? they're, they're really nice uniforms. Like also, be, just think of cool. I, for, for the record, I can't wait that we to find out that we just way overread into the three two one thing, and they're like the space game is West Virginia or whatever. But like, it would make no sense. I don't understand. The three two one is suspicious. It's suspicious. It's suspicious. Like I don't know, yeah. but but also think about how cool because Oklahoma State has such good uniforms. Like that would be like a sick matchup. Temple's uniforms sucked last year. It pisses me off. When the opposing team does not hold their own in the space uniform, not the space uniform, the space game. Temple last year, they, for no reason, they wore white helmets, white jerseys, and black pants while UCF was doing a blackout. I've never seen Temple do a combo like that. It was so stupid. I want to give a special shout out to Tulane in 2020 for dressing so well that people are actually able to debate who had the better uniform in the game. That's the energy we're looking for. We're not looking for your stupid, let's throw on black pants because we're a poverty program and that's something that will excite our fan base. Boy, do I have good news for you. Houston will love wearing space-themed uniforms when UCF brings them into the space rivalry. 
I really hope that doesn't become a thing. I know it's going to since Terry Mahajer, every time someone puts a mic in front of him, is like, Houston does space too, but I just, I'm really not looking forward to it at all. And that's what he sounds like too. Um, Did I do a good imitation of Terry Mahajer's voice? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, Number 11, leaving USF behind. This might be my favorite one on the list. It's a good, it's a good time. It's been a good time on Twitter last week. USF's been having a straight up existential crisis on Twitter for a week now. It's, (laughs) it's almost like, well, first off, because I got to say, if you're not like a Twitter user or a social media user, FAU fans are freaking bringing it. Like they have decided USF is our rival and we are going to smack them on Twitter. And I just, USF fans, I'm not saying that UCF fans are delusional. I'm not. I'm saying that UCF fans are perceived as delusional by much of college football for things like the national championship claim and all that, which I think is great because like I said, somehow the national championship thing came up again this week and it's like six years later, that's still a conversation. It was like one of the best things ever, but USF fans make UCF fans look like the sanest individuals in the world with the things they use to explain why they are good. Like USF fans legitimately think that they are an awesome program and that they don't belong with these other teams. They told uh, and they like this, they got this fight with FAU fans and one person was like, we don't care about you because we're a preeminent university. <laughs> like I just, it's the dumbest things and watching their meltdown occurring as UCF ascends when their meltdown isn't even really because of UCF's ascension. It's just more them realizing, oh, wow, we actually are in a league with Rice and Charlotte and North Texas, where our big rival is FAU. Is it, It's just been fantastic. Well, it's the, the thing, too, because like, I don't know if it, it's mostly been FAU, but other fan bases have like picked at USF. And I saw I sent you that tweet where like somebody was like all these all these programs are coming at USF because like USF is like the biggest brand left and like yeah, USF is not a brand. They don't like, at all. Like they seriously, I didn't realize how highly they thought of themselves, and they do. They had not. to start going by South Florida because people were confusing them with UCF. I forgot about that. I mean, they don't get it. They just don't get it. It's pretty well, stunning. Then there's like the side of the side of that that fan base that thinks like, oh, well, within, within three years they're going to be in the Big Ten or the ACC. So like, it, it, just wait, just wait. USF will be back soon, but. No, it's just, it's nice. It's nice. Oh, to see. And the cherry on top was the AAC then posting a graphic saying rivalry, yeah. South Florida versus FA. We need a name for that. Do we have a name yet? Um, the battle for real South, South Florida. The battle for that doesn't really flow, but I do like, I do feel like there is something there. Yeah. Something we can workshop it. We'll, we'll help the AAC on a, on a, like an independent contractor basis. South Florida versus USF. Exactly. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Well, we won't, but someone will. We just put the South Florida, we'll put South Florida in quotes. The, the South Florida. Yeah, I like I like that. The South Florida Bowl. Yeah. And um, that leads us into number 12, which is creating new rivalries. Yeah, this one I'm excited for because I don't know who it's going to be, but it's going to be no somebody. Idea. It's going to be no, somebody. I can't even make a guess. I mean, I know obviously like everybody hates Cincinnati because everyone should hate Cincinnati, but. Yeah, terrible fan base. Terrible, terrible team. But I just, who is it like, who else is going to be UCF's like rival? in this in this conference like it's 10 just, years it's gonna ago happen to have to happen naturally well, well unless houston only, becomes a thing houston's not gonna become a thing ucf and houston have been playing on and off in football and basketball for 20 years and they do not care about each other it's wearing cool uniforms for the game is not going to change anything it's still i I, <laughs> my, I feel my blood pressure rise every time i think about what a stupid idea that is but whatever it, it, you know what Pe- people are going to do dumb things that's just part of life um so i was i was going to say something about 10 right okay so 10 years ago it was 2013 Am I doing my math right? Yes, because it's currently 2023. Yeah. And UCF was about to go into the AAC. That was a very exciting time. I don't think I had given a second thought to a team called Cincinnati in my life at that point in time. And now I think I hate that team more than I have ever hated a college football team. 
like maybe even more than USF. And that just blows my mind because it's like there is a team right now. I don't know who they are. It could be Kansas. It could be Texas Tech. It could be Baylor. I have no earthly idea. But five years from now, we will hate that team with a passion we cannot even believe. And we will love beating them and we will hate them. And when they succeed, it'll make us want to scream. And when we succeed, it'll make them want to scream. And both of us will go on social media and say, we don't really care. Like that's going to happen. And I have no idea who it's going to be. Yeah, that's there's exciting. not even there's not even a chance like you can begin to predict who it will be. Because like we don't know these fan bases like too intimately yet. We don't know which ones are going to be really, really annoying. Kansas State fans are really nice. So like I'm I'm not thinking it's going to be Kansas State, but it could be. Kansas State fans are really know. nice, but also we haven't played Kansas State yet. Like, let's right. see. You don't know. I, I mean, I've seen yeah. Kansas. I've seen I've, Kansas State fans are really nice. I've seen them on social media with Kansas fans, and I, I know what they're capable of. But because <laughs> it, it, it's really just going to come down to games like UCF and Cincinnati. Those fan bases didn't start hitting each other just because they're like, ah, we should we just should do this. Like they played games that were very vicious and competitive, and they both were competing for the top of the league and kind of became for one to succeed. The other had to fail. And that over the years built into something really really vicious and, th- and, and that's toxic. what it's and and it, incredibly toxic and that's what it's going to take in the big 12 is it's going to take tight games with stakes against a team multiple times and that will happen i just don't know who it's going to happen with are you worried at all that it's not going to happen no because like it memphis because like memphis ucf and memphis played like high stakes games really really good games and like i don't hate memphis yeah but ucf won all the games is that why i guess that's why memphis hates know. ucf it's just we don't Do care because we want – yes. It's just oh. that UCF doesn't care. What happened to UCF and Cincinnati is Cincinnati was having an awesome dream season in 2018, and then we destroyed them on game day. Then in 2019, UCF was on top of the world, went to Cincinnati and lost. Then in 2020, UCF comes within three points of kicking Cincinnati off their great season. They don't. And then suddenly it's like they hate each other. It, it, I mean, it takes loss on both sides. Like it, That's fair. You know. And let me tell you, my opinion changed to Memphis after 2020. They were cute before 2020. Then 2020 happened, and I was like, you know what? Not 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 the biggest fan. Yeah, not the biggest fan. I don't know. It, it'll be interesting because it is. It could be absolutely anyone. I but think it's going to be that, Texas Tech. I've said that before. Yeah, I can I can see it. I don't know why I just get that vibe from their fan base. Texas like, Tech and UCF's fan bases are very similar, and I feel like that's going to make them hate each other. Yeah, could be fun though. Could be really fun. Um, and yeah, I mean that that game's in November this year. I'm not not saying it's going to be in November every year, but. Texas be, Tech's uh, supposed to be good this year. I don't know yeah. if UCF is yet. We'll see. We'll find out. We'll find out in week. What time? What, when do you think we'll know? We we will never know because they could be seven and zero, and we're still a John Rice Plumley concussion away from not having a quarterback. So well, we'll no, not, not not even that. Like, say John Rice Plumley is healthy the whole year. Like, when do you think injuries aside? Like, what week do you think we'll know? Like, all right, like UCF actually might be pretty good this year. It's, or like honestly, eh, it's average. tough. Honestly, it's tough because say that, like, let's go dream scenario for a second and say what I firmly don't believe is going to happen. Say that they start 3-0, and they go on the road and beat Kansas State, which I actually could weirdly see. And we've talked about why before. I don't want to repeat myself or whatever. It's just as far as, like, actual talent acquisition, they're not that different. Um, And then they come home and beat Baylor, and suddenly they're 5-0. and You would think at that point we'd know, right? But even yeah. then, I'm like, they still haven't actually done the grind of a P5 schedule yet. That's fair. So they could still okay. wear down. Like, I just don't think we're ever going to know. I mean, we will yeah, when the season's not. over. Yeah, they're eight and four true. or five and seven. We will know then. But I don't think there's going to be a point in the season where we're like, yeah, okay, no, we're legit. It's just it's going to be game to game. The league's too tough. Unless know? it gets like late in the season, like not that it's going to happen. But if they got like past the Oklahoma game and they were still like one loss or undefeated, and you're like, hmm, they actually like are pretty good. 
Okay, but let's say they get past the Oklahoma game with one loss. Oh, they're pretty good. They still have to do West Virginia at Cincinnati, Oklahoma State at Texas Tech, which at Texas Tech is going to be a tough one. Like, there's, I don't no, know. But the only of the ones you just read, the only ones that like concern me are maybe Oklahoma State and at Texas Tech. See, that's not good. Like, those all should concern you. Like, I like, like, let's Cincinnati, not, but Cincinnati's not going to be good. We don't think they're going to be good, but we don't know. And even not good Cincinnati, like, I don't like, you got to remember, like, I think people think Cincinnati's going to be like four and eight. They're going to be four and eight in the Big 12. That's still probably like a seven win team in the AAC. Like, it's not like they're going to be horrible. And it's still, it's still a team that hates UCF. It's never. Henry Jones still going to be their quarterback. I think so. And when you say, when I say that, I'm like, yeah, maybe I'm not worried about that game, but <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Ben, ben yeah, Bryant left, like a... right? Ben Bryant transferred. Yeah. So it's yeah, down to Prater so. and Emory Jones. Yeah. Okay. Two solid know. choices. Two choices sure. that make me think of John Rice Plumley as a god, and that's that says a lot about the okay. caliber of those quarterbacks. Yeah, I don't know that. I'm gonna I'm gonna regret saying what I just said, but it's fine. Um, what is what is podcasting if not saying things that you immediately are like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. CBS um, um posted an article today that was for each of the new teams. It was their best case scenario for the season and their worst case scenario for the season. And UCF's best case scenario was like winning the big 12. <laughs> don't like that. I don't like it either. Not a fan. Nope. Um, but Hey, those are our 12 things we're looking forward to in the big 12. We've got probably 12 more that we could go through, but it's going to be really exciting. It's an exciting day. It's an exciting time. And like you mentioned earlier, and like UCF made me aware around midnight, they said we play football next month, which like, stretches things a little bit because it's july 1st they play august 31st so. it's an accurate statement it is an accurate statement they barely play next month but they do play next month they play next month it's an accurate statement we're getting... no it is it is but it's still two months like it's the all of july and all of august away but we're getting closer we isn't getting it closer, sad that but... we're just five months away from the regular season being over shut up <laughs> um football news ucf um has sold out its big 12 opener against baylor on september 30th the homecoming game against West Virginia on October 28th and the November 11th game against Oklahoma state all sold out already. They were already sold out by the end of June, which is big time for UCF. I love that. I could be wrong, but I'm getting the vibe that fans are excited for this season. A little bit, maybe. I know fans are excited for this season because I have like friends who are alumni, but like aren't giant sports fans or anything. Like, I guess they're what you would describe as casual fans. Like they are aware of UCF football's existence and will watch some games on TV and that's about it. And all of them are like, we got to go to a game this year. Like Christian, you're, you're the expert. What game, what game should we go to? And I'm like, Kent state. And they're like, I haven't heard oh, of them. And I'm like, the other ones cost 200 bucks. So go to Kent state and pay 20 bucks. So, um, should we talk about the fact that very briefly UCF's schedule said that like six of these games were on Friday. Okay. So a couple scary things happened yesterday during our day of joy and the first wait. Okay. UCF's posting the uniforms at 12, 12. Should we just keep going for another hour? Um, it's eleven oh five right now. Not gonna happen. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna be able to focus for the next hour. I, I'm well, stressed. good because we're wrapping up the podcast. Can I? Can next, I? Like... Can I predict what I think it is right now? Yes. So that then, like people listening to this, since everyone listening will know what it is, can know I was wrong because yes. I, I think it's gonna be a white version of night mode. That's my theory. How did you get? Where did you see they're posting at twelve twelve? I have notifications set for UCF and UCF equipment, and for some reason that's working. So, so do I, but I, I can't use get, my feed like it still just says rate limit exceeded and I can't see any tweets. But for some reason, my notifications are working so I can I see still, tweets. I have I'm notifications notified. for both for UCF equipment, at least. And I have not gotten one other than the how should we celebrate today and the retweet of Brad Anderson's tweet. They don't like me. I'm so sick of Twitter being bad. 
like I like listen, I can fully acknowledge that I care about Twitter too much. I actually think like the main criticism of people who listen to this podcast is we talk about Twitter too much and like I And the good the good I thing acknowledge that I can your say criticism. in response to that is yeah, I acknowledge it. I also do not care. Yeah, like we're not gonna stop. Like it's been we've been doing this for like well over two years now. Two and a half years? Are we two and a half years in the podcast? Yes. Yeah, we are over two and a half years. Yeah, if we haven't stopped by now, not gonna happen, guys. Sorry. But I'm really sick of it being bad. Like I just want to see uniforms. But I swear to God, if twelve twelve comes and I can't my load uniforms. the tweets, my, I, I want to see uniforms. my uniforms. And I'm just really sick about it. I was gonna say something before. You're gonna say the thing, the, the scary things that happened yesterday. Thank you. This has been a disjointed podcast for me. Okay, so the Big Twelve officially signed their TV deal, which obviously it's been like. So they signed the long form version. What they signed months and months ago was like, great news, we're gonna do this. And now this was working out the like hundred page contract, all the lines, whatever. And the timing of announcing it was hilarious because the Pac-12 announced yesterday that they still don't have a TV deal and don't expect to have one anytime soon. And San Diego State had to literally say to the Mountain West, oh, oops, can we come back? And that was fun. But anyway, part of the deal that got leaked by Pete Thamel and then Ross Dellinger was that the Big 12 is planning to play a lot of Friday night games to get exposure. And it's kind of funny because like the four newcomers were all like, okay. And the eight teams who've been there were like, what? Playing on a Friday? And I tweeted at the time, like, there we go, Twitter again. I have I have no qualms with that because like it, it's just free exposure and it's not a big deal. Like I, I gave the example I gave was like a Houston West Virginia game if neither team is very good. Like that's just kind of going to get swallowed up on a Saturday, but you stick it on Friday and suddenly it's going to be like a couple million people might watch it because there's a lot fewer games on TV and it's a Power 5 game. And so I had no issue with that. What I do have an issue with. And maybe it's a mistake. Maybe it's not. Who knows? I'm terrified, but only time will tell is that UCF updated their website yesterday. They went to a new website design to celebrate being in the Big 12. Or maybe it was just coincidence. Who knows? Probably the Big 12 celebration. And some people noticed there were several different tweets and some posts that UCF's schedule, their football schedule, when they redesigned their site, listed six conference games as being on a Friday. It was at Kansas State. It was Baylor, at Kansas, at Oklahoma, at Cincinnati, and Oklahoma State. All those games were listed as Friday games. That lasted very briefly until people started posting about it, and then it switched back to normal. So I want to believe that was a mistake. It being six and not all of the games makes me worry it's not a mistake. I just, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is. I'm, I'm waiting for confirmation that it's not something that we have to worry about. If they it feels one too or two specific of them, to be a mistake. A six of them? Six is a, six of their nine league games being on a Friday sucks, man. Like I'm but sorry, that's why, but that that's why I, that's why also why I think it was a mistake because like there's no way that that the Big Twelve saddled any team with six Friday games. Okay, so this is I don't that know. Just feels very unlikely. I don't know if this means anything, but like the other thing was before that happened, when earlier in the day when Thamel tweeted his thing, there's a TCU person I follow. I think it's a TCU's two four seven person who replied to Thamel and was like, expect to see UCF with a lot of these. And I read that and was like, why? And then you see up on their website very briefly. Is it something about being East Coast? Like, oh, God, I just started thinking about this. Because you, oh, no. Oh, I'm realizing things in real time. It can't be any of the Texas teams because of high school football in Texas. Yeah, but why why is it allowed to be? That takes out the Texas teams. BYU, oh, no. BYU you can't do because it's too late. Why is it allowed to be Florida though? What is like Florida high school football is also a big deal. Not even it's not Texas. Not even one percent of like, what it, no, no, no. That's those aren't even comparable at all. Um Texas, it's a huge thing. Like you can't you can't play college football on Friday night in Texas. Florida, it's whatever. Um okay, so that really, yeah, you look at that and it's like who's left? UCF, West Virginia, Cincinnati, 
I guess Oklahoma State, Iowa State. Oh man, let's Uh-oh. leave the Big Twelve. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm officially starting the campaign for UCF to go to the ACC. Um, you know what's funny on their schedule too is like for the Big Twelve championship game, it just says UCF at and then the Big Twelve logo. So it's like UCF in the game at the Big Twelve. So how that's so. going to work is that it's going to be UCF versus an all-star team where all the other Big 12 teams put up their best players and we see what happens. But wow, yeah. I hate that I just figured out in real time that UCF might be playing a bunch of Friday night games. Like I said, I'm hoping it was it's a glitch. So... It's just such a specific, like if all the games were suddenly on Friday, I'd be like, oh, it was a mistake. But it being like specifically some of the games feels like a weird thing to be an error. Yeah, I don't know. I hope it's wrong. But also, like, glad we already booked our flight and Airbnb for Cincy, since the game right. might now be on a different day. Than right. Glad I booked the hotel for the Baylor game for Saturday night. That's good. It's already good. So what I guess I'm just... to, what a great way to screw over your fan base. And I don't think that's a UCF decision. I think that'd be a Big Twelve decision. But like, but why not announce couldn't that you way know, earlier? Couldn't you almost see it being a UCF thing too? No. Well, no. I've just can you not see Terry being like, yeah, we want to play on Friday nights. That's all the exposure. I feel like I still we were telling this today. I still just haven't really figured out how I feel about Mahadra as AD. <laughs> like I'm still working through it. Like I don't. There's no part of me that thinks he's a bad AD. Like he's clearly a, a good AD. Like he they're raising money. They're doing what they're supposed to do. The coaching hires have largely been good. We think it's early on some of them, but like yeah. so all the important stuff has been fine. It's the unimportant stuff that I feel like everything he does makes me want to bang my head against a table. Like <laughs> that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. That's true. We got to get through the rest of the football news here, though. Um, Big 12 media days are coming up. They're like not next week, but the week after. Yeah. July 12th and 13th. UCF's day is on Thursday, July 13th. Why don't you give me a look? Because like I'm thinking of next week, but like it's Saturday right now. So next week is technically the week of July 4th. That was the weirdest way to say Big 12 media days in two weeks. You know, Big 12 media days is not next week, but the week after. Like, well, because okay. I was going to say next week. And then I was like, wait, no, it's not next week. It's whatever. Okay. Um, UCF today is July 13th. Uh, it's a Thursday. And they'll be represented by Gus Malzahn, John Rice Plumley, Javon Baker, Lokahi Paule, Ricky Barber, and Josh Seliscar. So that's their contingent of players that is going to media days. Really excited about all of that just because it's like a big, big event. It's a big event in the Big 12. That's what we should have put it on is. this list. It's they not... put all the uniforms on the stage. What uniform combo do you think UCF is going to put on the stage? Mm, night mode. That's what. That's where my brain went to, but I feel like I'd rather them do gold, black, black, so I can get a better look at the new gold helmet. <laughs> um, but that's like another thing. It's like the, AC, the AAC, the way they were doing media days the last couple of years was just like everything was virtual and it was just... No, the AAC has not... been mailing in media days yeah, since the pandemic. It's been terrible. So now... Now UCF is in the Big 12, and the Big 12 has, like, this big event at Jerry World in, I guess it's Arlington, technically, not Dallas. Even, even before the pandemic, AAC Media Days was, like, they'd all get under a big white tent out up north and eat lobster. Yeah. And, like, that was Media Day. But, now it's, like, it's a freaking Jerry World. And it's this, I mean, the even setup that, for Big though, 12 like, Media Days is Even huge. that was better than what they were doing the last couple of years. Last couple of years was Mike Oresco sitting in the AAC studio as, also, I, uh, so this is, like, things where, like, I love UCF because, I don't know if you remember, but last year when they did, or it might have been the year before, it was one or two years ago when they were all virtual. It was like, we're going for the teams for the AAC and it's like Temple. It's like they're sitting in chairs in what appears to be a closet and they're like talking into mics and like Houston is like, they're like tried to have like a nice background, but it's really bright. So it's all washed out. And then UCF, it was just perfect. It was the press conference setup and Gus is just at the podium plays. It's all, it just made UCF look so official. And it was that moment where I'm like, that's why this team's going to the power five and the other <laughs> ones aren't. It's little things like this. Yeah um ucf's board of trustees unanimously approved the use of the bounce house for the 2023 cure bowl that is uh, has tie-ins with the sunbelt aac conference usa and the mac 
So I have a couple money. thoughts on this. I have a couple thoughts money. on this. Yes. My first thought is that I feel like I'm going to go to the Curable now. Like, I don't know why. It just feels more accessible because it's also like close to where I live now. And I'm like, I'm not going to go to the Curable. I've been to several Curables, which is a weird thing to say since UCF's only played in one of them. But um, anyway, I uh, the other thing I want to say is this circles right back into my whole I'm not sure if I like Terry Mahadra thing is Terry Mahadra. So the Curable, they announced this. And as we've talked about before, UCF is trying very hard to get the TDT money. And they've kind of spun this curable thing is like, look, we're providing tourism for Orlando. This is another example of that. And Terry Mahajer, like incessantly on Twitter, is tweeting both about the curable and about they kept lighting up the icon park wheel in different Big 12 colors. And he keeps tweeting and is like, so excited for all these Big 12 teams to at visit Orlando, which visit Orlando is the tourism Twitter account and like adding Jerry Demings and stuff. And he did it like nine times yesterday. And like, here's my take. Here's my take. If that's a joke, it's funny. And I'm, I was laughing at it. If he actually thinks that that's how they're going to get the money is by like adding the, the, the Orlando tourism Twitter account. That's more me being concerned. So I'm going to be <laughs> optimistic and believe it was supposed to be a joke, but it also happening 10 times, maybe a little uncertain if it was like, I don't know. That, it, what if I just annoy them into giving us the money? <laughs> that's yeah. Like that, that's the, like, that's the thing. Like, I'm just going to lean on. It was a joke. I think it was a joke. And if so, it was funny. If it wasn't a joke, I'm back to be worried. So who knows? Yeah. Um, UCF added a 2029 home game against James Madison. James Madison's good. Yeah, I, I don't love that, honestly. Like, I I know that UCF doesn't have games and they schedule one game and I'm like, I hate it. But they, um, you look at James Madison and they are a FCS powerhouse. They were an FCS powerhouse and have been for many years. They'd win the national championship all the time. They moved up to the Sun Belt and appeared in the AP Top 25 in year one as an FBS team. In 2029, that's going to be like a Big 12 ACC matchup. Like, I, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, last piece of football news, three-star Dr. Phillips defensive back, Jashad Presley committed to UCF. So they've got another commit for the class of 2024. And as you've mentioned, probably expecting another one today, Big maybe one another today. one by, by the time we talk, um, uh, with our next podcast, there could be a couple more, which is Island nice. Fox is on July 4th. I don't think yeah. any Pierre Luis has said, I hope I'm saying his name right. I might not. It I might just so. be Lewis. I don't Louis. know. I don't Louis. Know. Louis. The Pierre makes me want to say Luis. Like, otherwise, I just say Lewis. Well, but... the Pierre makes me want to say Louis. Like, Louis. Maybe it's Louis. Louis. I don't know. Eddie Pierre Louis. We'll find out. We have a story tradition on this podcast of pronouncing new players' names wrong. Like, we actually get it wrong almost every single time. We called Castellanos Castellanos. I don't think that's Riz our Rizic. fault. It is because, like, we could do more research to find out how to pronounce it. Well, yeah, no, but I have, like, I've researched it. And, like, who who's giving a phonetic pronunciation of a high school recruit? Like, no one's doing that. I I don't know. I haven't found him. So that's why I'm always usually guessing. I, I'm trying to think of it. Eh, never mind. I was going to tell a story, but we're, we're running long. So I'll save it for some We are time. running very long. Um, oh, wait, are we just done? Are we just done? I thought you had something to say. No, I said I was going to save it. I, I just, it, it was, just, okay. I'll, I'll tell it some other time. It's going right, well, to add like five minutes to the podcast. We're on a tweet of the week. Oh, God, that's right. Uh, tweet of the week. Um, Twitter is down, so I can't get my tweet of the week. I did have one, but I just had it saved on Twitter. And it was, listen, if you're listening to this and Twitter works again, you can just go look it up for yourself. Uh, BYU yesterday, um, last night, and all the excitement of the Big 12 tweeted that they have a new field design for next season and they said here it is and it was an aerial shot of their stadium and it's kind of like what UCF fans have been wanting for the longest time is they're finally filling in their end zones their end zones are going to be that great royal blue now and it looks awesome the problem was everyone replied and said we have a question about the field why is one big 12 logo at the 15 yard mark and the other is at the 25 yard mark and it looks so bad they just screwed up where they put the big 12 logos and the best part is 
BYU went through and replied to everyone who called them out and said, sorry, or our bad, or yep, oops, like just <laughs> over and over and over again. It's like, at what point do you just delete the tweet or something instead of just, co- or Photoshop it, or I don't even know, but I would love, I mean, I feel bad because it's mistakes happen. And it's not like it was for that a That poor person that had but... to go through all of them and be like, I'm sorry, we're sorry. Oh, but why not just reply to the original tweet and make some joke about it and move on? Instead of replying to every uh... single person saying, you are correct. You have, you have found our fault and we apologize for it. Like, just, just, <laughs> like, just cover it with one. I, so that was tweet of the week was BYU with some really strong customer service on Twitter, letting everyone know that they were correct and that they screwed up their field. That's really, really good. <laughs> I, I hadn't seen that because I was asleep by then, but. It looks so when, bad. When Twitter's back up, I'll have to go see if the, tw- the tweet's still up. Maybe they like nuke Twitter just to get that picture off. So I like I it. They, they, yeah, they, they message Elon. They're like, it's got to go down, man. Like, <laughs> it's got to happen. We can't just delete it. Um, <laughs> you've got to break the app. Um, yeah, so this has been fun. It's been the Saturday morning edition of the Pegasus podcast. We've been all over the place with Twitter breaking and the move to the Big 12 and talking D3 football. Um, but it's been a good time. And we won't be back. Um, we won't have a podcast. This is our podcast for the week of July 4th. We'll be back the following week with our next podcast, with episode 147. Keep leaving us those five-star reviews. We appreciate you guys. Um, until episode 147, you can find us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22, at ByCA Simmons, and at Night Sports Now. Thank you guys so much for being with us. Welcome to the Big 12, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye, everybody.